0: Mark here and welcome back to the Clockwork Junkie podcast. Thank you for all the emails and support you've given us so far. It is much appreciated. Um, as per usual, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can do at clockworkjunkiepodcast at gmail.com. My guest on the show today is the fantastic Muriel Cuddy. How are you this morning?
1: I'm great, Mark. I'm great. And you, how are you today?
0: I am absolutely fantastic. I am very happy to have you on. i um, i've obviously i've researched i've had a look and there's nothing that you do that i don't love i think it's fantastic i think the way it should be done and i'm really really happy to have you on so people can hear what you do and uh the benefits of it
1: you know great yeah
0: um so i suppose thank you for coming on the show you're more than welcome to the podcast and could you give us kind of an outline of what you do what the company is please when you're ready
1: yeah, so we would originally, um, we came into being seven years ago as Health and Fitness Ireland. And it was education and training. That was, I suppose, our initial. My background is everything in relation to um, strength, conditioning, nutrition, wellness, all of that kind of thing. And I was working a lot doing one-to-ones with people. So parents were bringing their kids to me. I was doing a lot of sideline stuff. People were coming to me in a one-to-one saying, can you help me in relation to A, B, and C? And I was really frustrated as in, I kept thinking, how do I get to the bigger picture of people? Because education, training, support, they were all the areas. And people that were coming to me had money. They could afford to pay me. They could afford to sit down for the hour with me and all bits. And I kept thinking, so many people out there don't know that I'm here, don't know this world exists, and how do we get to them and how do we support them? So we initially, I have a business partner called Darren Murray, so we started a business and we said we were going to try and educate as many as possible and we were going to start with students. So we would start we could at all with that 12, 13 year old age group and bring it forward. And our initial all was, and it's still the same ethos today, was to embed a culture of health within every single person we touched. And that was from the young, from the ground up. Um, it was literally, I suppose, if they knew why they weren't feeling well, could we actually do something about that to support it and change their mindset? So we started do workshops, um, certified courses, diplomas, etc. in schools. So we're in 200 schools across the country now. And we have a team mm-hmm. of psychologists and psychotherapists, nutritionists, all that kind of thing. Somebody to fit every space. And our team are handpicked us in. It, I'm all about degrees. And you have to have the qualifications and all the bits and pieces. But they have to be experienced. They have to know what they're doing. They have to have a story behind the scenes. They have to be passionate about it. And it has to resonate. So if they walk out of a classroom... Um, they have had have touched at least one person in that classroom that you, yeah. you know can say to themselves well I don't feel quite so bad going home today or I learned something from that. Yeah. So three years ago then um, we decided that we'd put our toe into the corporate sector. So we started working in the public sector first of all in county councils. So we work now in about half the county councils I think in the country. We deliver in-depth health screening programs and then our education and training comes from what we find in relation to people's health markers and their mental health. So we put together programs then that'll work and now we work with the private sector as well. So We've rebranded as Health and Wellness International, um, because some of the companies we're working with are overseas, and they're bringing us with them, um, and we're now known and want to be known as the House of Health. And the House of Health is literally we care, it's the personal touch, completely proactive and preventative, and we want to make your world a better place. That's I, I
0: look, first of all, congratulations from starting where you started, and you know, and like you probably never thought when you started you'd be where you are now. Um, I appreciate there was a lot of hard work and passion in that. Um, uh, I'm very, one of the things about you and the team that I absolutely love is 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 something that I've been saying for, there's a lot of people been saying it, but you don't really hear kind of a company coming out and saying that this mightn't be the right way. So I mentioned there that uh, just before the podcast started that, you know, if you feel down, you get a tablet for it and then you're feeling too down. So you're given a tablet that's, if you like an upper, I know that's not the name of it, but. And then your stomach hurts because you took two tablets. So now you get a tablet for your stomach and because your stomach hurts, then you might get diarrhea. So you get a tablet for that. So now you're on four tablets every day for a period of time. Now, look, I'm not qualified. I'm only a normal person, but I even know that's wrong. That can't be the way forward. It should never. And I suppose, you know, there's no money in a cure really, you know, Um, everyone wants to, um, keep giving you tablets and the farmers involved I'm are not, not going to go into that, but you do it different, very, very different. And I absolutely love that. Why, why did you choose to do it differently? And and what was the story behind that?
1: Well, like you said, the tablet for the tablet for the tablet. Um, Mark, that was something that drove me insane. Say, yeah. I you earlier, my dad died at 69 um, after having a bypass and he was on the tablet for the tablet for the tablet. Fit, healthy man, self employed hard worker all his life and everything. And we knew somewhere along the line that he did need to be on all these tablets and we should have pulled him back um, and you just see it if I was doing a health awareness talk for people I would say to people hands up how many people here have somebody in the world that has maybe cardiac problems or somebody that has diabetes somebody that has um, has had cancer or somebody that has all these different ailments and hands up how many people know of somebody that is on a tablet for a tablet for a tablet so you get certain cohort of people that would put their hand up for each one of the things but you'll get everybody that puts their hand up to say, yes, I know somebody in my world that's on all these tablets or whatever. Mm-hmm. We've got to do the preventative side. Like the, the big farmer are there. They're there to make money. You know, the, the, the health system is there. If we were to take all the ailments in the health system, the 80% of illnesses that are killing people today are preventative, 80% pre- preventative. So you've got uh, cardiac, um, hypertension and stroke. I think they're the top top three. It's 20% of people in Ireland are dying for those three. And 80% of that is completely preventative. I could go down the line into so many stats and all the other ones, but if we don't look after the preventative now, where are we going to be? Because our kids are getting sicker. As each generation goes on, we're in the corporate sector doing health screens. What we're finding is scaring the living daylights out of us. You're seeing people of 30, 32, and 35 with elevated um, blood pressure, hypertension stage one, hypertension stage two. When they go over 40, you're getting this hypertension crisis, you know? And you're thinking to yourself, like, if we keep going down this line, yes, we can take tablets for it, but we're not going to be anywhere we're going to be dead we're going to have a health system that won't work we're going to have a nationality of people that are just not going to be able to function so yeah. preventative is where it has to be and the uh, preventative side mark has to come from education because god loves people they don't know me i'm learning every single day but most yeah. people don't know there are so many things out there like in all the different diets and all the different things that are just being thrown at us even in relation to covid at the minute and how yeah. do we know what's right yeah. and what's wrong so There's that's where light. our work comes in yeah
0: there's so many different diets and there's so many different, you know, you have like the, the warrior diet, the keto diet. You might have, um, you know, the, the intermittent fasting diet. Then mm-hmm. you could have um, the Atkins diet. The, 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 the fellow who, who wrote the Atkins diet, I actually read that book. Um, He died, he was found dead on his bed naked at 16 stone. I don't know if a lot of people know that. That's a fact. You can look that up. That, that's not my opinion. It's, I, it's a fact. Um, But if if you look back at the 1950s, um, you know, you had your athletes, but it, there wasn't a whole lot of training going on. You were out doing stuff during the day. I think it was the 1970s, if I'm wrong, you can correct me, where this food pyramid came in from the States, where it was, this is the food pyramid that you eat, and this is, eat some of this, some of this, and loads of these. And what a lot of things that was on the bottom of that seemed to be produce that's made, like wheat and rice and stuff that makes money. Um, and, and that, and, and now everyone's training, there's fitness classes everywhere. There's never been as many gyms. There's never been as many motivators to get people thin and we're the fattest we've ever been so there's obviously you know Einstein I think it was said if you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result you're an idiot
1: mm-hmm.
0: you didn't quite say it like that but that's the way I'm saying it. so
1: yeah.
0: can I ask you about diet look I'm overweight myself I, I I'm, when I had depression I, I ballooned up I was eating all the wrong foods and I knew it um drinking too much beer doing everything wrong and I'm to this day I'm trying to lose it um and I am a little bit here and there, but diets this and diets that, like what, where do you come down on diets or what's like, I'm not going to ask you what's the best diet, because it depends on the individual. And, and from, from hearing you talk about what you do, it's very personalized to the person, which is something that I love. But just if if you could throw a blanket over it, what kind of diet is is the right diet?
1: Okay, so yeah, if I was to throw a blanket over it, well, the word diet would be binned straight away anyway, because I just think that sends you on straight to the fridge straight away, the minute somebody thinks they're on any kind of a diet, that for me has just gone out the window. And you're right, when you went back to the 1950s, because I would go back to the 1800s, late 1800s, which isn't like it's 120 years ago or whatever it is, and I'd say to people, what did we actually do before we had medicines, before antibiotics were invented, and before all of these tablets and everything came, how did we actually manage so like herbal medicine, what's going inside of ditches and your nettles and your cough med- remedies and all of that, we were able to do fairly well without, you know, taking all these tablets and stuff. And like in five years time, they're telling us an antibiotic isn't going to work. So like that's on that side of things. Processed foods were invented around the early 1900s as well. So you're talking about things like hot dogs and the little M&Ms, they were invented in 1940. So this is only over 100 years ago. You know, I said to people, it's not 800 or it's not 8,000. It's only in the last 100 years, everything has spired out control and we got all these diets so for me i would say to people you go first of all back to the basics our gut has to be the number one so our gut is our second brain for me it's our first brain everything happens down here if you have bad bacteria in your gut your body isn't going to work it's not going to perform you're not going to sleep well you're not going to think well you're not going to you have basic metabolic syndrome you won't lose weight so many different things happen down in our gut right so to go back to basics of where we were in our grandparents time they had three meals a day and they knew the ingredients of what were in the meals so they knew what was going what was being put into their body so it's one two three ingredient foods if somebody came to me and said listen i need to lose weight i'd first of all see are there any issues with their gut how do they feel all the different bits and pieces their mood and all of that kind of thing and then i would pull them back and i'd start going through their foods with them i'd get them to write it down and i'd say listen quite bread you do know there's 14 ingredients in it if i put two drops of water and bang it against the wall behind your head it's going to stick what does that do to your, your digestive system you know, so the brown bread is fibrous. It's going to act as a sweet. It's so brilliant for you. So it's literally, if I had a circle here, Mark, now, put very simply, right, and it was like pizza for all the world, I would have the pizza across the middle, just a little over half. And I'd say, there's your carbohydrates in the top half. And your carbohydrates should be all colour. So take out everything out of your world that's white when it comes to carbohydrates and fill it with loads of fruit and veg of everything under the sun. Then you're good to go on that one. And split the middle, split the end of it down the middle. So push the other, say, 20%, so 60 carbs, 20% protein, 20% fat. So we don't need a huge amount of protein. And you talk about the guy that diet from the Atkins diet. Protein is very acidic and our bodies can't deal with that a lot of time. So that affects our gut. So we only need about maybe two breasts of chicken a day, maybe 70 grams there or thereabouts, a couple of breasts of chicken and an egg or something or fish or whatever it is. But the one piece that we're missing that really upsets me lately and our young people are most especially missing it. And I suppose the stress, anxiety, depression, everything that's there, and it can come from this side of the triangle. And that's the fats, it's the essential fat We don't have it in our diet because we were all told to stay away from fat it's bad for you. But essential fats, omega-3s, really good fat. If we don't have it, we don't have good brain health. We don't have good gut health. We don't have good heart health. And that's the side that we need to eat much more of. So I put that together for somebody very simply. I tell them, you know, good essential omega-3s, the yellow of an egg, nuts, seeds, fish, extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, things like that. Include them in your diet at every single meal. And you're full. You feel full faster. You don't crave the wrong things. It works.
0: So the thing about um fats like that. It's it's um so it's a kind of a um marketing tool that fats are bad. So you you might go, for instance, and you might buy um let me just think of something here a fat-free yogurt. You know, mm. and and that sounds good, and it sounds oh fat-free yogurt that there's no fat in it. Um, but it's full to the gills and sugars. Yeah. And eventually that will turn into fat. So it's full to the gills and fat. It's worse. Eventually. It's
1: actually worse because if you have good fat. So I would say to somebody you need a pound of butter. Your old-fashioned Kerrygold on the table, and put it into your old-fashioned butter dish, and leave it out, so it stays soft, so it's not as hard as a rock when you take it out of the fridge. Mm. But that's butter. There's two or three ingredients, and we know exactly what's in it, and our body can process it and we can use it. Shown with your fat-free yogurt, they've taken out all the goodness. It's like it's like taking, it's like having full-fat milk and skim milk. You're taking all the goodness out of milk by having skim milk. You water down milk, with, and they might say it's fortified. Fortified is a fancy word to say we put loads of other rubbish back into it just mm. to make it taste okay. It's the same with the, 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 the fat-free yogurts or whatever. They've all the sugars. They've everything has gone back in to make it taste nice. But they've taken all the goodness out of it. So it just doesn't make sense. Go with your full fat everything. If you want something that has sugar in it, go with it, but know what's in it. So if it's an ordinary normal sugar, I would say, not a problem. A spoon of sugar on your ready break in the morning, not a problem. Once you know what's in it, that's the way to go.
0: You have, um... Oh, that's that's, that's, that's brilliant advice. They're, they're, um... Sorry, no, I'm picking your brain here, left, right, and centre. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know you're grand.
0: <laughs> the... Um, there's a lot of people who would do, um, you know, like the the want to stay the keto diet um, in the ketosis where like it's essentially, you know, loads of protein and fats and very little carbs. You know, you probably get your carbs from vegetables and all that. And I had tried that before and you, you, you do lose some weight from it initially, but my, my thinking is this, and maybe tell me if I'm wrong and how, how I'm wrong, is that like... Over the last 500 years, even the last thousand years, we haven't evolved the species. Our gut and everything is the same. Like even 10,000 years ago, 20,000 years ago, have we evolved much? Not really. If you shave the caveman now and put me beside me, we'd be the same. You know, we could, you could learn the tools, all the same stuff from birth. And then to think, well, back in them days, we ate meat the whole time. And no, we didn't. We were hunter-gatherers. We had to cast the bloody thing. We were eating seeds and berries and nuts yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So to go on a diet that's meat heavy, Your digestive system is not ready for that, as far as I can see. Am I completely wrong, or is that...
1: No, you're completely right, Mark. It's not. There's two things. Your digestive system isn't able for that level up. You can imagine the amount of times you have to chew meat um, in your mouth to even get it ready for the digestive process that goes on underneath it. We don't do that because we don't have time. There's nobody going to sit at the table for an hour and stay chewing every piece of steak until it's actually digested down to nothing. The other thing is, what's in our meat... So how, um, where have you sourced it from? So are you buying organic meat? Are you killing your own cows? Do you know who's after wearing them? What have they eaten? What have they been pumped up with? All the different bits. We've got to know what's in our food stuff. And antibiotics aren't working now because there's antibiotics and so many other things. So they're actually reacting against each other. Um, A diet heavy in meat would frighten the life out of me, Because I really think it can have a, a massive adverse reaction within the body. Very acidic as well. So that's another side. I actually, I'll tell you a quick story on, on, on the meat side of things. she probably kill me for telling you this, but anyway, she's not listening now. But my daughter's 17. Um, she has a diet that would be very much plant-based. As in, she eats a lot of brown breads and plants and all. Loves chocolate, so that's why we try and keep her on the plant-based diet, whatever, because it stops the craving or whatever. But she loves chocolate and she loves sweets, but she eats all, all the right stuff. But she had been eating a lot of meat. and um, This was coming up to Christmas, pre, pre-Christmas last year. And I was watching her. Every meal seemed to be there was meat at lunchtime, there was meat in the evening time. She sat down at night and there happened to be chicken there. She had it in her plate again at night. Um, and I didn't take any notice for a little while. And the next thing I heard, her skin broke out. So she got really bad acne. And you know, she gets really bad acne from dairy. She's intolerant to it and from chocolate and stuff. So I put her down to Christmas time and the tins of roses and all the rubbish that was around or whatever. Um, and then into January, it was still there. And I had said to her, you need to cut out all that dairy again, Sask- Saskia. So you need all that gone again. And we literally go back to the basics and see where we're at. So she cut it all out. She literally cut everything out in the month of January. The poor child had nothing left at all in her diet. And we still couldn't get the skin right. So I was thinking then, Lord, I'm not into potions and lotions and creams and all of that kind of thing. And somebody even said to me, Jesus, maybe she should go on the pill. And I said, oh, like, seriously? No, that's definitely not going to happen. So it just came to me one night and I thought, she's eating an awful lot of meat. Maybe it's the meat. So we stopped and I said to her, protein gone completely. Every single aspect of it for two weeks. And let's just see where we're at. We can get it from other sources if we want down the line. But for now, we'll see where we're at. Within three days, her skin had cleared up. Completely. Just couldn't believe it. And within a week or whatever, she was absolutely perfect. So we've we've nailed it now, as in when she does go back and she... Now, she doesn't eat red meat, so she only eats chicken, fish, um, and things like that, you know, but... It was obviously, we had to change our suppliers. We, we changed where we bought our meat from as well, because I didn't know whether it was actually the meat or what was actually in the meat. So that's the scary side of it today, Mark, that really frightens me, is in what are we putting into our bodies and how do we know what's in it? That's, you know, even with the like berries and stuff like that, I know I'm going off to, to you know topic of your talking about the keto diet or whatever, but if we don't wash things and we don't know where they're coming from, we have no idea what's sprayed in them. And like, they can still mm-hmm. spray things like Roundup on our crops. Like, what does Roundup mm-hmm. do? You it's know, scary
0: it's very very scary um i was talking to a butcher before that's me i think sorry i was talking to a uh, butcher before and he worked in a abattoir and he was saying that um when the cow was put up and it's cut down and all the best pizza taken the cow is you know there's blood and there's feces and there's everything and even tears and everything else and he says all that is sweep to the side and add it to the mince and he was serious, you know, I don't know, like, you know, even when you go in and you're in, and well, I won't mention any particular shop, Um, you are in and you see a, a lovely juicy red apple, you know, and you think, my God, that looks really well. And I do think of it when I was a child, they were so tasty. But yeah. when you bite into it now, the outside of it is like fucking leather. Yeah. It wasn't like, And maybe my teeth are getting soft because I'm older, but it wasn't like leather when I was young. And no. another thing as well is like, even, I was only discussing this the other day. Let me just take it. Okay, a, a Yorkie bar, for example. Right?
1: Yeah.
0: When 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 I was a child, even when I was thirteen or fourteen or fifteen, if you bought a Yorkie bar and you ate it, you were full, and you didn't want the Yorkie bar again. Now they're really really small. You need four or five of them, and you never seem to get the. And I'm not a big sweet eater, anyways. But I just think everything seems to be mass produced. Mass produced, and when everything's mass produced, it gets watered down. You go in, and you buy these fish with the. Crumbs on it and all that, and oh, they look so tasty, and there's different spices, and all that. But there's no chicken in the bloody things, you know. It, nope. it, it, it's all
1: the outside, but sure. right, isn't like, it? when did a chicken look like a turkey? That's one of the things I'd say to the lads the whole time. You know, if they brought home somebody brought home chicken or they were showing it to me or whatever, I'd say mm. to them, like, the chicken breast isn't supposed to be like a turkey breast, or a chicken <laughs> isn't supposed to be massive. Chickens are small, small, little, you know, that's what they are, mm. and that's what they're supposed to be, you know. So, that's mm. For me it's what's pumped into them you know where's it coming from what's 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 in them what's added to them and the same with your apple what's sprayed on it to make it look beautiful like they do everything under the sun just to make things look fantastic just so we buy them and then extend the shelf life of it you know we need to go back to farmers markets we need to go back to the basics of where we were years ago you know that you actually know and, and look after people like that and people would say well that costs too much money but you shouldn't need as much of things we don't need big mass quantities of things, you know, like an apple a day and your few berries and whatever it is. You don't need to over overdo it. That's one of the other things we're used to doing. We're used to we pick mindlessly, we eat mindlessly. Our hand is going to our mouth. You know, if you have berries or you have whatever there, you eat everything all in the one go. They wouldn't yeah. have done that, but you know, in, in time gone by. They'd no. have picked a few berries off the bush and off that they went again, you know. So it's yeah. it's but you can get anything you want
0: now immediately. If not, so you can order stuff, you can do this, you can do that. And it's just even mm. like you go to some of these fast food restaurants um and they order their salad special and i think well that's not if you look at the calories in it there's more calories in that than one of their quarter pounders yeah how did they yep. do that like do you know what i mean yep. that's that's scary you know
1: it is but you know it's an education yeah. thing as well isn't it as in yeah. people don't know the difference between one or the other so that's yeah. and I, I suppose that's one of the areas that we work on a lot is People will pick up a salad and they think they're doing really well because it says salad on top of it, you know. But if it has a big cream dressing and they've loads of different things added into it, yeah, you talk about over a thousand calories, like and maybe 50 grams of fat. Yeah. I talk about that all the time. I talk about the baguettes, you know, the baguettes, the, yeah. the, the chicken baguettes or whatever, like they have seven, eight, nine hundred calories, in some of them with over 50 grams of fat, and there's nothing in them, especially like unless you put like loads of filling into them. But the baguette in its own has nothing in it. You're going yeah. to be hungry after 10 minutes. <laughs>
0: I know, yeah, like it's like it, it it's funny, like, you know, if, if um if you get an old stew on a Sunday at yeah. two o'clock, you're full, you know, whereas Mark a mammy
1: dinner. Yeah. You cannot beat a mammy dinner.
0: Psycho. I, <laughs> I
1: said mammy dinners, who eats
0: yeah. mammy dinner? Yeah. They're unbelievable. But at yeah. the, um and just where would you fall on um uh like there's been a lot of obviously you even mentioned it earlier on about three meals a day. Mm. Uh there's a, a a lot of um what would you call them? educational people would say now that dinner probably isn't or not dinner excuse me breakfast isn't the most important meal of the day um because maybe you're not hungry maybe it's part of a fast like years ago when we woke up we didn't eat straight away like there wasn't toast downstairs in a toaster you had to go looking for food um where do you fall on breakfast and stuff like that
1: um i yeah so my training thought on this is if you're not a breakfast person you don't need to eat straight Mm -hmm. away when you wake up in the morning um, I'm very much into, I suppose, people ask me a lot about intermittent fasting and things like that. Yeah. that work. I do like intermittent fasting. Mm. Um, that was my next
0: question, by the way.
1: Yeah, Well, I yeah. think everybody is different. And I think um, in relation to people that have high blood sugars and even our gut, for our gut to actually just replenish and repair and all the bits and pieces, it's no harm to actually leave it just empty out completely and then start off again. So 16-hour fast to me is no big deal. As in, if you finished, if you stopped eating at night, maybe six or seven in the evening, you know, and you eat again at 11, 12, one o'clock the next day, absolutely fine. You don't have to do it every day, but definitely three or four days a week that works. Yeah. A lot of guys in our team here, like the, the psychologists and whatever, they really believe in it. Um, and there's one, he's 60, Tom, looks fantastic. And he does a 24 hour fast, I think, every fortnight. So he just goes for the 24 hours yeah. on, on coffee and that, you know. So I do believe in intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. I think that works. And I think it wouldn't have worked maybe even years ago, as in we only had three meals a day and we were very disciplined in all the bits. But now we have this mindset of constantly snacking and i feel hungry and i should be eating breakfast time and then i need to have 11 i need to have lunch and i need to have whatever and i'm going to fall down if i don't get my coffee in that Mm -hmm. intermittent fasting helps sort out that it actually puts yourself in a space to say i have two meals a day these are the times i have the meals and it makes you more disciplined you know so i think you kind of pull yourself back into line again but um yeah i'm a believer of it i I like it i think it works
0: and and with the intermittent fasting um just uh, in the morning time isn't is am I right about this? You can have like yeah, like you could have a, a black coffee if you wanted.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you can. A couple of yeah. black coffees. Caffeine is fine. <clears throat> I think caffeine is 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 you know once you're not having ten a day the way people are having it at the minute. You know, but yeah. uh, <laughs> one or two, one or two yeah. a day is absolutely fine. And once it's not the cappuccinos and the yeah, yeah, you know what of those. Yeah mocha, whatever yolks. Know, I saw somebody drinking here. Uh, the mocha other day, chocolate
0: it. about forty-five oh God, different names when it comes out
1: like coffee. Yeah, the couple of coffee the couple of coffees are fine, Mark, fine. not a problem in the world. And you know you could do the fasting is in if you don't fancy breakfast first thing, bring something with you like maybe eggs and brown bread or your banana and whatever it is and have it by ten o'clock. You know, that'll kick start your metabolism then but yeah. you're good to go you your you know yeah. everything start to get to, to get well, up and the, running uh, again.
0: The, the, um that you're an advocate of fasting because that's like um that's something that's doable and i find you have to be less restrictive with your intake of calories whereas if you're eating three meals yeah. a day by tea time you haven't got your whole lot of calories left and you're wondering what will i want to eat but it's kind of hard to eat your well you can do it depends on what you get but it's hard to eat all the calories you need if you're eating just twice and especially mm. if it's good food because you're more full
1: it is and it isn't as in okay. a couple of days a week you don't need to eat too many calories. You, mm-hmm. your system will work for will function fairly well unless there's very few people that are like we work with people that are underweight and that's an issue yeah but there's very few people that you know, I suppose a couple of days a week, eating whatever, 13 or 1400 calories is going to kill him. It actually does you, it makes you feel better. You know, mm-hmm. you feel less lethargic, you're putting less food into your system. So you actually function better. So for me, on a Monday and Tuesday of a week, after the weekend, I think it's definitely a good way to go. Cut back a little, have yeah, two yeah. meals, have a bit less in those two meals. And yeah. you'll feel better by Wednesday and your skin is clear and you have more energy and all the bits and pieces, you know, and it gives you a focus for those first two days of the week. But I'm not, I know calories in versus calories out, that's how the whole thing goes and that's the balance thing and everything and if you overeat you're going to put on weight but if you eat good food it's not really about calories in versus calories out because your mm. body will use it you know it's not going to store you know vegetables it's not a calorie and, what you're eating yeah, yeah. yeah it's not going to and even with protein if you overeat protein you only end up weaning it out like you can't store mm. protein the foods that you store are, are like are the rubbish food as in processed with all the sugar and the trans fats, like your buns and cakes and your chips and stuff like that, yeah. like they'll stick to your body and they'll stay there. But the other food doesn't, your body will need it. Your brain even needs it, you know, your brain functions yeah. like at optimal level on good food.
0: That's like, you know, that's, that's, um, like you make a sound also sound so easy. Like where's the big confusion with everyone? That's like, just do what you're saying and you're fine. Um, yeah. questions, I suppose. So let's just say that I am someone and anyone who's listening to this, I suppose, in particular, and they've listened to the podcast, they like what you're saying and they think, you know something, I wouldn't mind contacting uh, Muriel and the gang and, and the team and, and maybe, you know, getting something that might work for me. So what would that process look like from somebody reaching out to maybe get some help? How do you go? Up? What's the stages of that?
1: So it's very easy. You email us first of all. So that's just make the initial contact say, right, okay, I'm going to jump outside my comfort zone and I want to say hello. So that's the biggest thing. So the What's the you email, email address, Mario? Hmm?
0: What's the Sorry? email address?
1: Okay, so it's info, info at h a w i n t So that's h a w i n t yeah. okay. com. Yeah, okay. okay. So that's reach out to us first of all. And then we'll pick up the phone and we'll call you. And we'll have a chat, first of all. For me, it doesn't have to be. If somebody's comfortable on Zoom, that's great. And if they're not, over the phone, it doesn't really matter to me. But we want to make the initial chat. And I would always say, talk to people and say, where are you at? What's your lifestyle like? Why did you reach out to me? What are the reasons in your head? So is it weight? Is it you just want to get your diet on track? Is it you don't feel well? I would ask them all the questions because I want to get inside somebody's head and see, you know, Mm. what's up? that's the biggest question first of all and once I get that question then after that we can start putting together a program so we can do two ways we can do it online so we can work on one-to-ones via zoom or whatever and if we can do person-to-person we love that so if somebody can get to any of our clinics or you know if they're in a company we can get into the company to work with and that's fantastic because then we get to do testing so we can do metabolic testing or maybe a full health screen I can get results then like I can get blood pressures, cholesterols, sugars, density that's way down in everybody this fat around the internal organs hydration levels that's way down in everybody which pushes blood sugars up on the other side i can get all these stats and then i can work because i then have um, a program i have straight in front of me say what was yours mark and i had them all here i could say to you right i have a starting place i know how i can actually turn your world around now in the next month or six weeks so i would work with you then on a one-to-one for the next whatever you keep a journal journal what you're doing, you journal how you feel, you journal your movement, all of that kind of thing, you journal your sleep at night and what the journal is doing, it's not that it's creating a pattern for me even though I can take a look at it and I can um, show you where where you're going wrong and what you need to do, it's creating that for you because everything you write down you remember, everything you write down you know where you're going wrong, you can actually see it and when we get the pattern done, that we actually get a month of this done that your world is starting to turn, you're starting to feel better, and you're jumping out of bed without the aches and pains, you don't need the coffee at three o'clock or whatever. You have that forever in a day. So we work on it over whatever amount of months. But every time you fall off the wagon, so to speak, that you don't feel well, the minute you've written down, you think to yourself, right, where was I when I actually felt really good? And you can open it up and you can go back to it and you can revisit it. For me, it's not about taking somebody on that I want to have them for life and I need to take money off them because I want them coming into me like a lot of gyms and a lot of whatever. For us, if we can educate you and give you the tools, we want to say goodbye, good luck, see you whenever, have a wonderful life. If you need us, we're here, but we want you educated that you can actually continue on with your life, that you don't need people like us in it.
0: I suppose so that can. in itself would create more business because people would say, wow, you look fantastic. Where are you? And then they'd tell the story of, you know, dealing with yourselves and what they did. And yeah. I suppose it's good that you can do that because even like nobody's good, probably even yourself all the time. It just can't mm-hmm. be. But um Love my wine. But, but um, as long as you know where to go when you're finished, like I have a friend of mine, for example, and he got me really big into fibers and, and, and you know, um, you know, like, uh, you know, vegetables and cauliflower and, and inulin and seeds and all of this stuff. And so I have a few drinks myself. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm always dying. Then I'm absolutely dying. And the older I get, is the worse. I get. I know I'm dehydrated. I know everything. It's a disgrace. I'd be so ashamed of myself when I wake up but I, I used to straight away want to eat and get rolls and do, but now the first thing I go for is a smoothie because I know half an hour afterwards, it makes me feel better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. if you had talked to me a year ago and told me that I would have laughed at you, but I, I don't do it now because I'm healthy. There's nobody around. I just know that I won't be sick in a half an hour if I have this. And that's yeah. a fact like, so it's not all hearsay that happens. Yeah. And I know like I could have had but a that- breakfast bowl. and Lucas said prior, and I'm dying for two days, you know? Whereas yeah. now I, I feel strong.
1: That's, that's the whole education side, Mark. And I think yeah. as we get older, that definitely comes into being as in, I'm the same as you. I could have went out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night and drank every night and had chips on the way home and all the bits and pieces in my previous life. But I couldn't do that anymore. And as yeah. the years came on- Sounds like a good weekend. That was, yeah, it used to be yeah. a great weekend every weekend, literally, but, yeah, four kids later and all the bits and pieces. But you know what? You just, you realize yourself, that doesn't feel right. I don't feel good. And that's what we're trying to do even with the younger generation to say, listen, if you're having a McDonald's or you're having a mammy dinner, which one fills you up? Which one makes you feel better? Which one are you craving sweets again after an hour for? That's what you're trying to do. Just that you can do the comparisons in in, in your head. You start working it out, don't you? And you say to yourself, right, okay, I'll have the McDonald's today, but the next time I won't. So you're just trying to create, what would you say, routine? We would say small steps, thousands of small steps really um, add up to... You know, huge change, yeah. realistic change. It's just a little know, bit
0: what? you do, the little bit you do every day and a little bit of education. And sometimes yeah. you know, like I think even some people like myself, like like I would consider that I I know what to do, but it's just mm-hmm. to do it. like I feel like I, I know what's bad, I know what's good, I know that the trans fats, I, I understand a calorie is not a calorie, I understand what in around I should be getting. I can go to my BMI and BMR, I know how to get them, I can do all that. But it's just to get in the mindset to, to ring someone and say like you mentioned it there like which was a brilliant thing to say that the very first thing you said was why did you ring us where are you at because i'm a firm believer that you look how you feel you know um mm-hmm. like you know it, it's normally someone that's kind of shiny and healthy and they just feel great and they're looking after themselves whereas i know when i had depression like i was i was like I ballooned up on weight. It was like somebody pulled a ripcord on a dinghy. Like, and I was eating all the wrong stuff all of the time. And I knew it like, and I looked in the mirror and I said, my God, this, I actually look like how I feel, you know?
1: Yeah. Mark, um, before my mother died in July, so we were talking about her yeah. mother's dying or whatever, And I was her main carer. But before she died, I was working, kids at home, locked down, trying to do all the different bits and pieces. And I ended up in hospital. So I'm the one that is in this wellness world and um, food I'm supposed to look after my food and I'm supposed to mind myself and go to bed in time and all bits and pieces mm-hmm. and I ended up in hospital and I spent nine days in hospital was it? I, literally in hospital yeah and I literally had to sign myself out because she was dying and I needed to get home to her because I wanted to see her and all the bits and pieces so I did I got out whatever a week before she died and it was one of the things that even upset her that I had been sick which upset me even more so like yes. nobody's worried is perfect nobody's yeah. worried is perfect one of the things she said to me before she died was Muri, you're, you're going to have to look after yourself i know you're working hard and all the bits and pieces but you're going to have to pull back and you have a life to live and you know one of the things that resonated with me was she was only 70 just over 70 when she died and i'm 47 and i just kind of thought oh my god that's such a small there's such a small gap there when yeah. you see the years going by and things like that give you a kick in the backside, you know and you when you when i'm talking to people i'd say that to them now and i just say listen forget about the diet and forget about the food and all the bits and pieces but we want to live and we want to live long and we want to be well when we're living and we don't want to get out of bed with pains and aches and taking tablets for things. And it just puts you back a little and says, right. Yeah. Yeah. If I do a little bit of this better and I do a little bit of that better. Well, maybe I feel a little bit better. And yeah, it's just, nobody's invincible, Mark. Nobody no, that's for, sure.
0: yeah. that's for sure. That's for sure. But, um, yeah. look, I want to say thanks for coming on. I, 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 I'm glad that I have you on and I'm glad that you said that because <clears throat> there is a tablet for everything and there's every diet under the sun and everyone's trying to push something different. And I know for a fact that it can be confusing looking at different diets. And and, and I feel personally that you've simplified it. Um, And I know it's a lot more complicated than that when you bring up, like you go through all your bits and bobs, but it's kind of nice to see, look, here's the MOT from top to bottom. This is what you're low on. This is what you're high on. And not only that, this is how we can fix it. And I think that's very important. It's like a plan from the beginning to the end and then afterwards then you have that knowledge as you said for the rest of your life so i think that's very very important um i might even be ringing to myself yet but uh, no listen thanks for coming on i I really appreciate it not at all
1: mark i really enjoyed it thanks a million for having
0: me and good good luck with everything all the best Bye bye